leaders, and welcome to Connections, the podcast. I'm Jennifer Iverson, and today we are talking about building a leadership team. Um, so today we asked Stacy Morgan, a MOPS volunteer with many years of MOPS experience, to join us and share some of her wisdom. Stacy, can you tell us briefly about yourself and your MOPS experience so that our leaders can uh, have an idea of who you are? Sure. Well, my name is Stacy Morgan. I'm currently the area coach for South Texas. Uh, that means I have the privilege of leading a team of 15 awesome MOPS volunteers, and together we support all the local leaders in our area. That's what I do now, but I first joined four, MOPS 14 years ago after uh, my oldest child was born. I pretty quickly got plugged into leadership, and over the years, I've been a part of seven different MOPS groups all over the country. I've started a couple groups. I've helped reinvigorate a couple groups. Um, I've led teams as small as five and as big as 40. So I understand the challenge of recruiting and developing volunteer teams. You've lived in several different locations. So you've had kind of a, a mix of different kinds of groups too. So that's um, very cool. A little known fact, which I happen to think is really fascinating, very cool, is that your husband is an astronaut. That's true. That's true. He'll be uh, going to space in 2019. And um, I've used my MOPS leadership skills even to lead uh, in my time here at NASA. So it's exciting. And my inner geek is just totally geeking out about that. So anyway. <laughs> okay. So today we are talking about how to find leaders for our groups. And I think um, some of your expertise has given you really an interesting perspective on how to approach this. So can you share with us where you encourage leaders to start? Sure. Well, I think the first step is really the most important. And that is that you should always recruit to the vision, not your task list. Uh, and what I mean by that is that when you talk to a potential leader, instead of presenting a laundry list of tasks that we need someone to take responsibility for, we want to talk about why we're starting this group. So, you know, why are we doing this? Who are we hoping to serve? What do we want this group to be known for? How do we want moms and leaders on our team to feel? What do we pray the lasting effects of this MOPS experience will be? When I'm recruiting for a new team, I want to attract women who are passionate about why we do MOPS. And we and I find those women by talking about the vision for our group. I love that. You know, like you said, the recruiting to the vision, not the task list. You know, the point is not I need somebody to make coffee. It's I need somebody that will make these moms feel welcome when they walk in the door. Um, so I think that's really important for all of us to keep in mind, but especially for those leaders that have maybe a brand new group and are trying to find leaders to help them start a group. What are some tips that we can um, suggest they look for when they're looking for new leaders? So we want to be looking for women who love connecting with other women, who have a real heart for creating safe spaces where other moms can feel accepted and loved and where we then can create opportunities for moms to meet Jesus. So when I'm first starting a group and therefore building a brand new team, I'm going to first look at women who are already plugged in in uh, ministries at my church, like the women's ministry, women who are already involved in Bible studies or mentoring. And I'm also going to look at, at other places in my community to see who are the women who are the connectors, who are the natural influencers that I see around me. Those are the women that I'm going to talk to first. And, uh, and like Rita said, the first conversation I'm going to have with them is going to be about the vision for my group. 
what is the experience going to be like? And what are the opportunities that we are hoping to create? If they're interested in what I have to say, then my next conversation with them is going to be about where their talents lie. And again, not in terms of tasks that need to get done, but rather in terms of their bigger picture natural gifts. So for example, are they really great at connecting one-on-one with moms or are they good in a small group setting? Are they awesome at creating spaces where women feel comfortable and relaxed? Do they love seeing young children learn? I'm going to design my leadership team for this new group around the skill set that these leaders bring to the table, not a, a list of jobs or positions that I you know, read online or is important to start a new group. I don't want to shove these people into job descriptions that feel restrictive or make them feel like a worker bee because people aren't afraid to do work. They're just afraid to do work that feels purposeless. So as long as I frame the work that we're going to do together as a team in terms of the bigger picture for our group, that task list will get done, but it will get done better if everyone is you know, passionate about the same purpose for why we're doing what we're doing. When you're starting out, you don't need to have a full team right away. Of course, in your mind, you have an idea of, oh, I want, I would love to have this many leaders and that they would have this skill set, but that's not always the reality. But you don't need to have a full team right off the bat. What you want to do is work with who and what God gives you now. Don't try to make it into something it's not. And that may mean starting very simply, and that is okay. I love the phrase you used too, talking about being the people that are natural influencers. You know, those people who just exude hospitality or who can um, easily carry on a conversation where it's not all focused on them, where the person who walks away feels like, wow, that person really cared about me. So it's looking for those those types of people. And, and I love that you said it's good to start simply because I think sometimes we can look at an established MOPS group and think, oh my word, how am I going to do all of that? Well, when you're just starting out, you don't have to do all of that. Really, you never have to do all of that as long as you're meeting what your vision for your group in your community is. So those are our leaders that are kind of starting out with their brand new group. Another group that we often hear that are looking for leaders are those that have an established MOPS group, but maybe they've had some leaders step down and now they're looking for some more women to come alongside them or to fill the gap that they have in their leadership. So what does this process look like for them? We want to recruit to the vision of your group, to, to what you, you want your group to be known for, not to the empty position. So we're not looking for someone to make the coffee or someone to manage the childcare workers. We're looking for someone who can help us create an environment where every mom feels welcome, where every child feels loved, so we can create an opportunity for moms to meet Jesus. We keep that big picture vision in front of us. And as you are talking to people who may be interested in joining your team, you have to remember that, and that every leader is different, right? So the way that that, what one person in the past did that job um, may not be how the new person does that job. And that's okay, because what we want to do is we want to say to these people, you know, who come onto our team, hey, here's our end goal. And as if you're if you're a coordinator or, or a team lead, then you have to be willing yeah. to let go 
uh, and give those leaders the freedom to use their own gifts to fulfill that mission and get to that goal. It's really hard, you know, um, but that's what leadership is, yeah. right? Trusting your team. You can teach anyone to do anything. What you can't train is passion for mops, enthusiasm for the vision, and love for other moms. So I'll take a, a zero-skilled but passionate leader over a highly skilled but sour woman any day. Oh, sure. You need somebody who's gracious and kind and loving and a team player. That's right. And who's open to seeing how these tasks, they fulfill a bigger mission. And as the leader, if we keep that vision clear, then you know it, it energizes our team because we're all working towards a common goal. As you recruit, you know you need to be able to to come at this with an open mind and open arms for whoever expresses interest um, and has passion for that. They may not look or sound or do things the way it had been done in the past. And so, as the leader, we need to be brave enough to let go of how things used to be and be willing to lead the efforts of bringing our group into the future with a new team. It's funny that you say that. Um, years ago, when I was a MOPS leader, I was a hospitality leader. And a woman who had done the hospitality position before me um, used to bring out different plates that had different designs on them for every meeting based on the time of year. And uh, when I took over, I was like, I don't have time to shop for all of that. I just want us to have like plain white or plain black paper plates. And it was kind of interesting how that was such a tiny little thing in my mind. But because people had expectations of how things were supposed to be, it took a little while for them to say, oh, yeah, we can change plates, which now when I say it sounds so silly. But at the time, it was managing the expectations of what the team thought that position meant. That's right. And as the leader of leaders, uh, which often the coordinator is, you know, you have to understand and just embrace the fact that new leadership is, is a good thing. New ideas and new ways of doing things is a good thing. Um, and that's going to mean, though, some new dynamics and possibly some transition friction on your team. But that's okay. You cannot always do things the way um, that they used to be. Even if those were great ways of doing things, we can't be afraid to let new people do things in new ways. I think ideally, um, you'd be looking for leaders throughout the year. But let's say you get to the end of the year and you're in this sort of panicked mode right now, you know, how do we look for those leaders? I, I guess the best way to say that is how do we look for them quickly? Or do we need to look for them quickly? Well, uh, that's a great question. Hopefully, for for those who aren't in this phase, but maybe next year, here's some, some pre-work hopefully you're doing now, which is understanding that succession planning, which is, of course, what we call the process of you know, finding your replacement, your successor, is, is an ongoing process. It is the it is one of the first things you should start thinking about when you are taking on a new role. Immediately, you'd be thinking, I'm coming into this role, but eventually I will be exiting this role. And so while I'm in it, what am I doing to make that transition easier on the person who comes behind me? Um, but if you uh, have not been thinking that way and you're kind of getting up against the wall here, then um, there are some things you're going to have to get real comfortable with real quick. Uh, the first thing is you're going to need to get uh, real open 
uh, and become a really good communicator with your team and your group about the need for your replacement. Hopefully throughout the year, uh, you've had a great attitude. I mean, this is um, there's a real pitfall that leaders fall into across the board and in every organization, which is... Um, well, it's like when, when someone comes to you and they've got the carton of milk and they've got this terrible look on their face and they're like, this tastes terrible. Try it. <laughs> and you're like, no, thanks. I've seen it on your face that this is terrible. Well, sometimes leaders, um, because honestly, in our culture of busy is better. And if you're not stressed, you must not be working hard enough, um, which by the way, you know, is a lie. That's just a free one for you. Um, we as leaders, sometimes when we come into group and with our team, it's like very easy to be like, oh my gosh, like I've got so much to do. There's, there's so many things on my plate. Um, this is stressful. And this is what we do all year. And then we get to recruiting time or time to replace ourselves. And we're like, hey, anybody, who wants to do my job? And everybody's like, no, thanks. We've been watching you all year and doesn't feel like something I want to do. Uh, surprise, surprise, right? Because your attitude all year has been that this role is a burden. And so right, I think we have to be you know, careful about what, what are we expressing about this job? Are we talking about it Honestly, I mean, not that there isn't work and there isn't stressful times, but I hope that throughout the year, it's important to talk about how God has grown you in this season, the good things that have come out of this time. I mean, hopefully it has been a time of amazing personal growth and spiritual growth, and you've learned a lot about other people and how, and God's love for others. You know, these are things we should be talking about. Again, get off the task list and talk about. What has leading meant to you? That is what intrigues people about taking it to the next level. If you just take a few minutes to kind of sit back and reflect, you can I do see things that have made me, you know, that I've learned. That's right. But now if you do get up against the wall, it's, it's a common thing for um, leaders to come to their coach like myself and say, I've tried everything, right? And no one is stepping up. What, what should I do? I, I don't know what to do. I cannot lead next year for whatever reason. What should I do? So what I've realized is that that phrase, no one is stepping up, means different things to different people. <laughs> so when someone says that to me, I'm, I'm going to ask them the following question. Did you clearly tell your team that you are not leading next year? Um, and you'd be surprised about how often it's like, well, I kind of said it or I implied it. And I'm like, no, no, you need to tell everyone straight up. It's not fair to not be clear about this. So the first step is, have you communicated with your team that you will need to be replaced next year and what your time frame is on that, that you are looking to have someone step up by the end of May or the end of June or whatever it is, you know, whatever your timeline is, you need to specifically said that. So then if someone says, yes, I've done that. Okay. Well, did you, have you specifically approached certain people who you feel have leadership qualities? And again, did you approach them and say, uh, are you willing to do the following 50 things that will probably stress you out? Or did you say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm moving on to this other thing next year and I need someone to fill my role. Here's this vision for what it is to lead. How would you feel about that? I've noticed the following qualities in you that I think you'd, you'd be, you could fit in this role. What do you think? And that's going to take some work on your part to be 
reflective about those people. What are the good things about those people? What are, what are the great qualities they bring to the table? And again, they may not be the same qualities that you brought to the table, which is okay. I like the way you said that too. You have to call that out. Everybody loves to be told good things about themselves, even if it feels a little awkward. But, you know, to say you do such a great job of making moms feel so welcome. Thank you. And then to talk about that's what we really want to do with our group. Would you be interested in joining our leadership team to help us do that better? <laughs> no, that's right. Now, so every once in a while, I get a leader who's, okay, they've done, they've done those things and still no one is, quote, stepping up. <laughs> so the next thing I ask is, okay, well, have you announced to your entire group that this is a real need? Um, because honestly, while it is ideal to have kind of your higher level leaders be replaced by those who are already on your team, sometimes that's not what's going to happen. And you have to, again, be open to the fact that somebody may step up who wasn't the person you kind of thought that might step up, right? Then maybe they, they look or sound or act a little different than what you in your mind you thought that leader would look like. God uses leaders of all shapes, sizes, everything. And so we need to kind of let go of our preconceived notions about what a leader is and looks like and sounds like. So uh, you present that to your group. This is a really, really real need. Um, this is the timeline this is happening on. And and if you love mops, I need to hear from you now. So many leaders that that's their story. It, you know, I stepped into mops leadership because somebody was leaving and we weren't sure what was going to happen if we didn't have a leader. So I didn't really know what I was doing, but I thought I love mops. I want this to happen. And I step into it. And it's amazing the things God does with While that. you are having those discussions, very honest, open conversations with your group, you should also be having open and honest conversations with your ministry partners because um, it's important for them to know that, uh, that you are leaving, that, um, that new leadership is being looked for because they may have some opinions on that too and they may be able to help you in certain ways. So um, we just need to be really unafraid to be open about change. Whether you are dealing with this now or you know you're going to be transitioning out next year, um, it's okay to say to your team, you know, if you still have a whole year ahead of you that you know you want to serve, it's okay to say to your team in the fall, this is my last year in this role. And I just want to tell you that this is going to be my best year ever in this role. I am totally not just like checking the box. I am going to make this year completely epic, but I'm just telling you now this is my last year. And so if any of you are interested, I would love for you to step into this with me alongside me, like to shadow me, you know, halfway through the year, like how awesome of a transition would that be? So it doesn't make it seem like you're not invested. Um, all those things that we, we tell ourselves as to why we want to keep this a secret, you know, it's okay. Sometimes you do do all those things. You talk to all those people, you have all those conversations and genuinely nobody steps up and that can be very scary. Uh, but I will say it is not an all or nothing. We have this full traditional mops group with a full leadership team or we're done. We're closing the doors. Uh, there is a whole spectrum of, different ways to do mops within that gray area. And 
For some, that means a year of transition where you have a very small team, maybe even one person who just leads kind of a small group format in a, in a home with with no food, no childcare, you know, once a month instead of the typical twice a month in a facility with childcare, with brunch, you know, um, don't go from all to nothing without first considering the many options in between. Sometimes that transition year is just part of a cycle of a group. And in that year, you can be rebuilding and developing new leaders to then grow again the following year. Right. And it's really all about um, the relationship. And so God does amazing things. There could be some moms in your group that need that smaller, um, more casual group to form those relationships. And so you don't want to discount it. It's not like one is better than the other. It's that they're different and they fit the need that you have at that time. Do you have a story in your personal life where you've, you've been at that point where nobody is stepping up in leadership? There was a year where I, I knew I'd, I'd been coordinating this group for three years. I was about halfway through my third year. I felt like I had been watching my team closely for, you know, I think I thought like I would just know, <laughs> like, oh, I know I'll just, I'll just like sense who will replace me. And um, that doesn't really happen. I know that now. Uh, halfway through, got to about halfway through the year and I was starting to really sweat it. I mean, um, because, you know, if you've led a group, it becomes like your baby, right? And it's very scary to hand it off to someone else and you want it to, you want to hand it off to the right person, right? So I was really sweating it. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I mean, I kind of looked out at my team and it was hard. Nobody was jumping up at me. I dedicated myself to to two weeks of prayer for my successor. First, I expressed to my team, this is my last year. We only have so many months left. I would love to have someone in place. And I would ask that you guys prayerfully consider this, even if honestly, before this very moment, you've never even thought about it. And then I went home. At this point, I really was like, I don't know what else to do. (laughs) Um, I printed off my leadership roster. And uh, because the shower is the only place where I could have five minutes of uninterrupted time in my life with four children, (laughs) I put this roster in a Ziploc bag and I taped it inside my shower. And every day when I would shampoo my hair, I would pray through my roster for each person on my team by name. And and I'm I'm also I'm not like a big prayer warrior person. Like this was a little bit out of the box for me. Um so I don't want people to think like, oh, she probably was like praying in the shower all the time. Like actually this was kind of a first. And um but I just felt like, okay, this is something I can tangibly do and and and, and sometimes we we take too much of the leadership succession process on ourselves and we don't include God in that process. And this is his ministry. And he is certainly even more invested in this than we are. That's It's hard to imagine sometimes, but it's true. Two weeks later, I had another leadership team meeting. And at the beginning of it, my creative activities person came up to me and she said, um, you know, this is going to sound kind of wacko. Like I, I get that, but, uh, I really like for two weeks now, I've been feeling like God has been pressing on me that I need to talk to you about taking your place. And honestly, I I mean, I, she was a great creative activities person. I loved having her on my team, but she was not 
probably in the top three people that I would have thought God would rise up to replace me. And and there she was. And I, it was like, I saw her with new eyes. And she she did replace me. And she was awesome. I mean, she just bloomed in this uh, in this time. So I would say, don't forget to to be praying over the process to ask your team to be praying for you and your successor. And also to ask your church to be praying for you as you do this. I mean, church leaders understand the pressure of succession planning. They will happily step into that place with you <laughs> of, of praying for your group. I love that. Like God was clearly working on both of you and neither one of you knew that until you went through that process. So I think that that's right. I think that's awesome. Okay, so we've we've given some tips for leaders who are starting a new group and um, leaders who are looking to kind of find more leaders to come alongside them and leaders that are stepping out. I would really love speak to that leader that's stepping out of leadership right now. What are the top three things that this leader can do to set up the next leader for success? Okay, I, well, I would say that's easy. Communication, organization, and then prayer slash implementation. So uh, communication, again, early and often. And it also sets the expectation up well for the new person. The second thing, organization, right? So as soon as you step into a role, hopefully you understand that you need to be keeping records of what you do and how you do it. You know, So depending on your role, it could be passwords and login information. It could be financial information. It could be contact info for people at the church. Um, you know, records of, of activities you've done, whatever it is, but you got to keep that organized and in a singular place so that when it's time to hand over to the next person, you can confidently say to them, I am here along with you. I will walk alongside you. I'm here to answer any questions you have. But if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, it's all in this binder. <laughs> and, you know, then they are confident that they have what they need and they shouldn't have to chase you to, to get what they need. So you got to be a little organized. You got to make that happen. Um, that's more of a struggle for some than others, but that's just kind of a good leadership quality to have. Um, and then that last step, you know, obviously be, being in prayer over the entire process for your, for you, as you go out um, for your successor, I'm asking your team to join you in that, asking the church to join you in that, because prayer is going to be a big part, too, of the implementation of this this transition. Because a, really, a good, smooth transi leadership transition takes months. It really uh, is not done in weeks or days. You know, it's it's. It makes me sad when someone says, well, I found out I was doing this. And and then, you know, I, like two days later, there I was doing it. Ha being a proactive, outgoing leader is just as important as being a passionate, incoming leader. So if you're the outgoing one, you are the person who should be reaching out to the new person to say, I am here to show you what you don't even know you need to know. Yeah. And when you are ready for me to step back, I will do that. And then you have to be willing to let go with grace. Sure. It is hard to be the old leader. But you know what's harder than being the old leader? Being the new leader with the old leader in the room. So, so you've got to be, you want to be that leader who your successor says, she walked alongside me. She gave me, she completely set me up for success in terms of information and praying over me and communicating well to the team that I was in charge. And then she supported me and, and let me 
let me lead with such grace. Yeah. You want to be her, her cheerleader. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my top three are similar. I would say absolutely prayer is one of the biggest parts. Even if you are maybe a little unsure about this new leader stepping into that role, um, if you're praying for her, God works amazing things in your heart and in her heart. And I mean, we've seen that time and again. Um, another thing is pointing her to resource. Um, our coaches and here at Mops International, we often talk to leaders who are like, oh, I didn't know there was a leader website. Um, making sure that she knows where she can find um, training and information and her coach who's there yeah. to encourage her too. It's really important that she gets that information. And then I love um, kind of piggybacking off of what you said. My third one is to actually speak the words, telling her that she has permission to lead differently than you did. That if she has some new ideas, try them out. That God put her in that position um, and she doesn't, she's a different person from who you are. Giving her permission that she can lead how she, how God has equipped her to lead and just be her, her biggest cheerleader. Mm. Well, Stacy, I appreciate you um, sharing your wisdom with us. Leaders, if you want some more information on how to finish out your year well or how to finish out um, your service as a leader well. We have some additional resources at leaders.mops.org slash finishing hyphen well. Um, but I would really also encourage you to reach out to your coach. Like Stacy, our coaches have been in leadership and they've run through lots of different scenarios and they are just a wealth of wisdom that they would love to share with you. So leaders, thank you for uh, joining us today. And I hope you just have a wonderful year and a great leadership team.